strange earth of luminous blue All I wanted was to be with you All alone inside my head All I wanted was to be left Good morning, you're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie Every Friday here on 1150 AM KKNW I'll be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities that are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Whoa, I made it here. You did. Jeez Louise. I had three people passing <laughs> on the right. One had their uh, trunk open. The other one was going 100 miles per hour. Then I went to Canyon Park, and a guy flipped me off. I just have to mention this. Wild morning. <laughs> Everyone needs to slow down. <laughs> yeah. Take a breath. Right uh-huh. now, you can hear me. You're driving down the road. Breathe three times. Hey, the, the last commercial conscious talk. They said, hold your breath, wasn't it? Uh, you mean the last show? Last show, yeah. Okay, I'm like, last commercial, no. Hold your breath. That's what your body feels like. I'm like, no, no, don't hold your breath. Everybody breathe. Mm-hmm. Go slow. Smile at the person in the car next to you and, and look up because the clouds are amazing right now. They are. Sun's coming up. Life is good. So, I'm my own guest today. You are. You're going to interview yourself. I'm interviewing myself. Are you going to go like back and forth between like and, you know questioning and answering and period? And we're back. Yep. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to change my voice. So, Dina, what are you doing today? I don't know. I don't know. I'll go over here and change with the, exactly. the mics and everything. You don't have to change anything. You stay right where you're at. I just decided <laughs> I'm going to go full force woo-woo. Full so, force <laughs> woo-woo. So people get to know who I really am. All right. I have adventures, and the other day I was walking a dog, and then the other half of the show I'm going to talk about my dog watching mm-hmm. experience. But uh, I'm going to go back 10 years ago. 10 years. So I'm in a nine year. Nine year in numerology is endings. One is new beginnings. So I go back 10 years ago. What was going on in my life? I had my son graduate from high school. I have three kids. My last one graduates. My daughter gives me a grandson. So I'm like, okay, mother of all mothers. Now I'm going to talk astrology. I checked out my astrology chart in the last year. I have so much nurturing qualities it's it's almost irritating i can't stop helping people i do my best but if i look at my chart uh venus uh cancer i have cancer and taurus in my chart like all over the place it's all about uh, mothering and nurturing and health a lot of virgo and and uh almost too feminine too feminine but i have a triple gemini so a triple gemini is where the masculine person who's the one dancing and doing the show and doing the marketing and and, and playfulness but the cancer in me and the Venus in Cancer is all about raising kids and, and loving them, and which I've raised many kids. I've uh, nurtured teenagers that are now over 30. I have mentored children. I love working with kids. So, and I love house and the home and taking care of things. So, 10 years ago, my grand, grandson is born, and I almost go right back into that same, well, guess what? The good mother syndrome. I'm going to raise this kid. But wait a minute. I'm the grandmother, right? I'm not the mom. So, I have to learn to step back. And, and let my daughter drive, and she's the mom now, and I'm the grandmother. So my kids are always like, Mom, do you. It's time for you to take care of yourself. So in the last maybe seven years, doing the show and, and traveling and having a great time, I've learned, I think, to take care of myself, and I've done a pretty good job. So in the midst of this 10-year, so I'm on the nine-year, I'm, I'm ending, and next year I'll be beginning again. What happened to me? I got divorced, and I ran away to Kauai, and my second time there, I was really by myself. And it's really hard to do that when you've been, you know, feeding people. For instance, you might identify with this. You go to the grocery store and you buy a chicken. You don't eat the leg because you're thinking your son's going to eat it. And it's kind of, you have two kids, right? So when you shop, you're thinking of everyone else but yourself. So eventually, I didn't even Not everybody, but 
You should be. Yeah. Well, if you have kids, you want to make saying, sure they eat. <laughs> loosely. Yes. Okay. And so for me, I quit going to the grocery store. I'm like, I don't even have to go here anymore because I don't eat that very much. And people were feeding me and I was traveling. So the grocery store wasn't a priority anymore. I didn't have to do the lawn. I didn't have to do everybody's laundry. So I started to learn about myself. But when I was in Hawaii and you're traveling alone and you're seeing the couples over there and the kids over here, I had to learn to uh, be my best friend. And at that point, I was staying at Dolphin Touch and I saw uh, a Facebook post and it was Kay Pacha. His name back then was Tom Lesher and Kay Pacha is an astrologer. And he was looking for an event coordinator. Well, that's what I used to do before I got divorced. And I thought, well, I'll reach out to him. So he got back to me, and he was going to do seven festivals here on the mainland, and he picked me to do one. So I'm now going to be an event coordinator for Kepacha's festival. He asked me to pick an event venue. So I went to Scalitude Retreat, which is uh, Carleton, Washington. Beautiful place. I Go there. Please go there. And... Um, in the midst of this, I'm planning this uh, festival. He's going to have 35 healers from around the world, and they're going to go to all the, Mount Shasta was one of them, and we're going to do all these events. So I'm hooking up with all these people, and I also want to am a healer. So I thought at that point I'd be doing my healing work at Scalitude in August six years ago, 2013. And what happened was, and I got to tell the story because it's crazy, I at that point, was trying to make money to keep myself alive. And guess who asked me to do a radio show for four weeks? Suzanne and Gary. Manson Mitchell. They who said, were on later at 10. <laughs> yes. And I, they're like, I say my radio parents, but they're, they're family. They're, my, they're my, my tribe. And they said, Dina, you can do this. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't. <laughs> but I did. And I got sponsors. And what I did is I interviewed Kay Pacha. And the first interview I got here, Benny doesn't probably remember, but I've left all my notes at the gym, and he's like, you'll be fine. Just do it. And Kay Pacha and I did a great interview. I remember that. With no notes. Yeah, you're frustrated. But I'm like, you know it all upstairs. It's in your heart. It's and, the best way to do it. And Benny's the best producer. So, it, I mean, he, it really does help to have Benny behind the board. I'm the calm. You are. And he nods at you when <laughs> yeah. you're supposed to do things. Yeah, right. Well, my hands are usually busy, so I don't have another yeah. like, way to like get the signal across to you other than the, like, my eyeballs. And, if you like... don't get the nod, you don't know what you're doing. So. Ooh. <laughs> The nod. That's a good T-shirt. Yeah, I Benny like and it. the nod. So Benny was helping me, and then I did the next show. I did about Scalitude Retreat, and it was Lindsay. And the next show was about Jeannie Russell, and the four, fourth show was Roy Holman. And they were all based on retreats, festivals, and and a lot of yoga was involved. So here I am, a radio host, and I'm also working at a farmers market. So these are all jobs that I can do, so I don't have a real job, and. In the midst of this planning events at Scalatu Retreat with Kay Pacha, I decided to do the food. He's like, you're going to have to find someone to do the food for four days. You're going to have to, you know, find places for everyone to stay. And so I'm, I'm planning this. And I thought, okay, if I do the food, that's extra income because I kind of needed it back then. And so the whole time I'm at these farmer's markets, I'm picking up amazing food. I'm freezing berries. And then people are like trading eggs. And I have all of these people pulling in with this amazing food because it has to be gluten-free. That's really hard sometimes. So here I'm going to bake food for 60 people, be an event coordinator. It's the Thursday before I'm going to go to Scalitude Retreat on a Friday morning. I get a call from Kepacha. And he says, Dina Marie, we're canceling the event. I said, oh, really? <laughs> he goes, yeah, we're headed here and um, it's close to the border. Um, we're staying here, and we're going to bring everybody from Scalitude here because it wasn't as successful as he thought it would be, so he just, like, combined all the events in one place. 
And he says, Dina, we're just going to pay you, and, and you, you, you can just do whatever you want this weekend. I said, well, I got, like, tons of food. He goes, Dina, I got hungry people. Come on down and be the chef. So I said, all right. I get down there. I have no idea where I'm going. No idea. I pull in, and I'm in a place under Mount Adams, and it's called a city ranch, a <laughs> city ranch. So I pull up. It's late Friday. I have two friends with me that were going to help me prepare food and clean up afterwards. Uh, we set up our tent. I walk into this amazing kitchen, and it says, Welcome, Dina Marie, on this chalkboard. And I start to look at this kitchen. It's got, like, buckets of honey and everything, my dream cooking kitchen, okay? So they're saying, Dina, the, the kitchen's yours. Do what you can. And so I made these gluten-free pizzas, and they were amazing. And then they had fresh fruit and stuff. And this is, like, probably 7 o'clock at night on a Friday. Nobody really knows who I am because I'm busy in the kitchen. Um, we all finish dinner, we walk outside, and it's this huge field. Field, And you know what the field's for? Looking for unidentified flying objects. It's a field for UFOs. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm like, how did I get here? Where am I? What's up? So, again, at that time, I was footloose and fancy free, and every time I went somewhere, something crazy was going to happen. And we're under Mount Adams, and these clouds start to, to come in, and I'm like, oh, my God, it, it was thundering and lightning I said beam me up Scotty and sure enough it got so scary everybody just scattered I scattered into my tent with my friends and listened to the rain and the thunder for two hours and finally it's it's dead silent and we're like whoa what happened we go out there and it's totally clear and this young man Nathan hands me uh, what are those goggles that you night vision goggles he gives me night vision goggles, and he shows us this field. It's pitch dark. You can't see anything, and he dries the chairs off. We lay down, and he goes, watch this. And he points at the left side of Mount Adams. And at this point, I'm still, I have no idea what's going on. I'm a little overwhelmed. And what I see is the mountain, and then to the left, a cloud. And the cloud's getting bigger and bigger. And now I'm thinking they probably made the weather. I don't know what's going on. But the cloud got bigger, just like I'm looking out right now at the clouds, but behind the cloud, what I saw was like a W. And I know this is weird, but that's what I saw. It was a green W. And then there was, a, a, I want to say ships or planes, something flying back and forth in this cloud. So they were stopping and going. And it was just the most unreal thing I've ever seen in my life. And so he was saying what was going on. He explained to me what where I was at and what uh, the whole place was about, which was probably, one, it was an amazing moment. It really was. And so we say goodnight. I go to bed. I have to get up really early. And I'm sleeping on my Reiki table in a tent. And so I get up at 5 before everybody else, and I run every morning. So I go running, and I'm running towards Mount Adams, and I'm still like, where am I? This is so amazing. Um, and then the way back, I saw this beautiful bridge you can drive under. It's wood, and it's over a river. So I go in there to stretch, and I hear, here's my woo-woo, I hear a voice, and it says, we need more of you to show up in physical form. And I'm like, what does that mean? Well, they said they're light beings, which I've had them talk to me before when I do my healing work. Light beings are spirits without bodies. Uh, they could be angels. They could be people that have crossed over. Anyways, they don't have physical bodies. And what they want, and I think that's why I teach the chakras and everything, is for us to be connected to that higher source, that energy force, and then we become a conduit for spirit, or we do God's work here on earth. So when we're connected, when our antennas are up and the phone call comes in, we act and we talk to people if we feel the need or we make that phone call or we 
you know, pull over on the side of the road and, and help somebody. That's how spirit works through us if our heart, higher chakras are in tune. So I start to cry because the feeling is so overwhelming. It's, uh, it felt like pure love. And it was really odd because I'm thinking about making breakfast, right? So I get there. I don't know what I'm really doing. I've catered before, but I've never cooked for 35, 40 people. So I'm making coffee and tea and, and everyone's waking up. Still, no one has a clue who I am. They all think I'm the kitchen help. Fine. I don't care. And they eat their breakfast. They're so happy because everyone's gluten intolerant. And everything I made was, I guess they could eat it. So they were pretty happy. And as the day went out or through, I was so busy. I didn't know how long it takes to cook, you know, put everything away. But I'm in the kitchen with the city ranch folks who I adore. And Joseph is one of them. He started helping me cook. And he started, talk, you know, he talked to me, told me about non-GMO. I did not know what non-GMO was. So he found us corn on the cob. And that was a big deal, you know, to find this corn. And so in the kitchen, I was having the time of my life listening to them and their stories. And they have a radio show. So it was really, really exciting for me to be there. And then people kept poking their heads in wanting something from me. They kept wanting something, like to go get a fork or something. <laughs> you know, something that they could literally, they could do themselves. But they think I'm the kitchen help. So I'm like, all right. So I go out there. And as I'm walking down the steps out of the kitchen, the voice says, same voice you are to be of service and that's what it keeps telling me I'm like I really want to say you know go get it yourself why are you asking me doing something that you could do but the voice kept saying you are to be of service so I said all right I'm going to be of service if somebody asked me to do something I'm just going to do it with an open heart so as the weekend went by I'd had a, a lull and I got out my book and I started doing chakra readings so by the time the weekend was over, I pretty much read everybody. They, they were from all over the world. I remember reading one kid. He was so cute. He was from Australia. His mom's a healer. And I said, oh, you're missing your third eye. I go, I want you to close your eyes and think of something that's amazing, something that, you know, like I would do ice cream or something. And he goes, um, I'm visualizing that pizza you made last night. And I said, why? He goes, that was the best pizza ever because I've, I've never eaten pizza because he can't eat gluten. And it was like, that was so sweet, right, <laughs> for this kid to say that to me. Um, and then the next day, I was working with Nathan. That's the kid that took us out into the field. And I said, I have a feeling I've known you in a past life. I said, have you ever been to Ireland? And he goes, just once. And I said, well, I feel like you were um, one of my bards. This is woo-woo, right, past life. And you went to battle, and you never came back. So I, never, I, have, I, I feel that homesickness. Like, I've seen you march off to war but you never came home. Well, they do, but I call them in body bags. I know that's seriously, people don't see their past lives because they're not pretty, really. And so he goes, yeah, I've been to uh, Ireland just once. He goes, I went to Ireland on my way to Iraq. So he's a soldier he, in this lifetime, went to Iraq, and he stopped in Ireland just to refuel the, the plane. So those kind of weird things kept happening all week, weekend. And it was just, it was like five days. And what I learned is by reading all these healers from all over the world, is that there are different stations. So temple workers, and I believe I was one of those in a past life, are usually taken care of. They are respected. People come to them for healing or, or knowledge or, you know, it could be a priest, a, a king even. All you know is like you see the temple and then you see the, the ground. The ground, to me, is, is the trenches. That's where we do the physical work. Like we make money. We produce food. We take care of children. We have children. So reading all of these healers, most of them, if not all of them, had relationship issues, financial issues. They could 
be mediums. They could talk to angels. They could do all these things. But when it came to paying their bills or being happy with the person they were with, it was a lot of work. So I, what I love is balance, is being that person that is intuitive but also knows how to take care of the intangible, which is your, your bills, your home, your family. So as I'm learning about these healers, I see me in my past life, here we go again, woo-woo, uh, as a temple worker, and I'm a hospice worker. So basically, I'm a, a doula for the other side, or I call it a midwife. And people would come to me when they were unable to speak, and I would help them pass over if it was their time. If it wasn't their time, they would go to someone else who would heal them. But in that lifetime, my job, and I was very, um, let's see, I, 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 was, I didn't look very healthy. How's that? Because I never touched the ground with my feet. All I did was communicate with the other side and see if it was the right time to cross them over. And this lifetime, I wanted to be a hospice worker. And my voice, that voice that I love so much, my higher self said, you are to work with the living this lifetime. So that's why I love working with children and doing the jobs I do, the events and the community events. I'm to work with the living. So I didn't go into hospice, but I've trained tons of people that are in hospice. And mediumship comes from lifetimes of not communicating with human beings with your mouth, but communicating with the other side, which I think that's where I've got my connection to those light beings. You literally spend a whole lifetime without talking. Can you believe it? The triple Gemini, who now is here to talk all the time. Um, but it's one of those things. We all have to find balance. So I love to teach the chakras because your higher self is the uh, your crown chakra, your third eye and your throat chakra. And that's how you communicate with uh, the spiritual world or yourself. And the lower chakras are when you put your heart into something and you physically show up. So today, I must have all my chakras spinning because I got in my car and I drove all the way here. It was a very physical act. And now I'm here. And this was an idea. When I'm done with the show, I'll have another idea and I'll go somewhere else. So what we want to do is keep all of our chakras spinning. So what I learned with these healers, the most important thing for them to do was to work on their relationships, to work on their finances, to probably stay in a house longer than a year. So it was weird because we didn't have anybody show up for this event. But I end up reading all these um, spiritual people, and I think the whole event was wrapped around them learning to be grounded. And my last reading was with Kepacha. And it was the last day. All the food was gone. It was a beautiful sunny day. And he came over for his reading and all the chakras were, um, his throat was blocked, oops, and his head was full of energy. And I said, so how's your neck feel? And he says, it, it's killing me. <laughs> I go, I, I said, go, it's because you're wearing a crown. And he says, what do you mean? I go, you were, he's a Leo. I could see him as royalty in a past life. And he's like, Dina, these people will not do what I tell them to do. <laughs> they were actually like, there's a mutiny on the bounty. They were literally taking off and they weren't happy because they went there to make money and they didn't make a cent. So what they did was practice on each other and taught me a huge lesson about balance. And then he was like, really, I totally get what you're saying. I get the whole uh, why I, I kind of think everyone should do what I say, but they're not. And it's really frustrating. So when I see a Leo in this lifetime, I can always go back to a time where they had a lot of power and they might have abused it. And then this lifetime, they have to have that person inside of them be humble. And so that word humble is why I'm doing this talk. Because being humble is so important right now. And to be of service. If you humble yourself and you give to others, 
you receive. You don't understand. It's not in physical form. Sometimes it is. But the, the, the lesson I learned that whole five days is to go with the flow, to be of service, and be humble. And at the very end, Kay Pacha says, everybody, this is Dina Marie. They're like, Dina Marie was supposed to be the event coordinator, but she chose to do the food. And they're all like, what? Because they all got readings with me. So they realized not only was I not just the, sh- the cook, I was actually the person that they would have met last next week, and I would have told them what to do, and they all would have done what I said. And they all looked at me really strange because some of them knew for a fact they'd been treating me poorly as if I had been the help. And I'm the only one that made any money. I made a lot of money. <laughs> and it was weird because he tipped me $100, and he asked everyone else to tip me too for the readings that I did. But my expectations at that point was just to feed them, not to really make money, but to do my healing work. And a city ranch is so crazily, like, um, open to that energy that you can go there and, and, and connect with your higher self or angels or light beings or whatever you want, or even UFOs. But it's a really amazing place. A lot of people have gone there. So not only did I be of service, did I let my ego go, and I literally looked garbage because basically I was in the sink all the time doing dishes, running here and there, sweating. Um, I learned a valuable lesson about us healers. It is so important that we are humbling ourselves. Like when we're giving readings, we don't know it all and we shouldn't know it all. So our whole goal, my goal is to teach you to have your own intuition, to teach you how to read yourself. And so that's why I feel all these years, the last 10 for sure, I have been teaching people to find their inner voice, they decide what they're going to do with their lives, and then I get to be their friends. And in the last five weeks, I've had Reiki circles at my house, and it's been really amazing because these uh, human beings are the most amazing. And some of them, like I said, are over 30. They're kids I've mentored. You know, people are struggling right now, and if you can just be there for another human being and actually be humble enough to be, like, listen. You know, just sit back and listen to people right now. We don't need to talk as much as we are talking. And another thing I learned is to have that quiet time by yourself. Make sure you're alone so you can find your inner voice. If you're in traffic all day and you're working all day, you go home and the TV's on and you can't find your inner voice, I can guarantee in three or four months you're going to be lost and you're not going to know where you're going. Like I didn't know where I was going that day. But in the end, that's what I want to talk about today and, and as, as being of service. And I actually... Uh, had a Christy, Chrissy, she was on two weeks ago. She's a friend of mine. I've been working with her for over 10 years. She's Reiki trained. She's an amazing person, and uh, she's been on the show twice, actually. Uh, she's traveled uh, to Europe. That was like uh, 10 months of this year, and now she's doing house sitting. And so I decided I'm going to be a house sitter and get rid of all my stuff. So I'm doing pretty good, and now I'm on the road. And last week I did house sitting and that's where I came up with this whole being humble thing. <laughs> and after the break, I want to tell you about my dog sitting experience and what these animals taught me. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Strange earth of luminous blue. No one to live. 
Interested in green building energy efficiency and sustainable practices? Register now for the 2019 Northwest Green Building Slam and Summit. The annual event is back for another weekend of remarkable case studies and expert advice at the University of Washington in Seattle, October 25th and 26th. Meet local architects, builders, interior designers, and other eco-conscious experts. Hear from keynote speaker Stacy Smedley, Director of Sustainability at Skanska USA Building, and Moment of Inspiration speaker Sarah Vander Zandin, Director of Facing Homelessness. Mingle with like-minded professionals and enjoy food and drinks included with your ticket. Head to northwestgreen.org to purchase your tickets now. The Northwest Green Building Slam and Summit is sponsored by the Northwest Eco Building Guild, a nonprofit community concerned with ecological building and long-term sustainability in the Pacific Northwest. Lift your spirits with us every Friday at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 1150 a.m. KKNW Seattle. We will be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Miss a show? No worries, you can visit 1150kknw.com and click on our archive page or like Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie on Facebook for upcoming guests and events. To contact me, Dina Marie, visit dina-marie.com. Thank you so much for listening. Real people, real life, real radio. Alternative Talk, 1150. You've heard me talking about writing songs with Mr. Van Conner. Well, I'm happy to say that our album is out now. It's called Coming Back Again, and it features songs like Legacy of Green, Silent Universe, and the title track Coming Back Again. Our album Coming Back Again is now available for streaming and purchase at your favorite online retailer, including iTunes, Amazon, Apple Music, Spotify, and many more. Go to dina-marie.com. That's dina-marie.com for a full list of retailers. Watching the sunrise, an ocean stands between us. Look into the sky. Think of second chances. Look into the past. A thousand miles between us. Thank you for joining us this morning. Coming back again, Van Connor. I believe Van Connor was a bard in my past life, just like Nathan. Ire, the Ireland. And when I did a reading with Van, he's like, I don't believe in any of this stuff. And I said, so when's your birthday? He goes, oh, it's St. Patrick's Day. But anyways, Van and I produced an album together, and he was a bard, is a, a storyteller and a musician. And who knew, you know, five years later, that we would actually write music together, so... Again, another weird past life of mine, um, but you can't make this stuff up. That's what my friends say. So recently, oops, someone's calling me. <laughs> it's one, you know what? It's just funny. one of those days. It's funny. <laughs> That's my angel. Happened to one of my other show hosts the other day, too. I just hung up on somebody. Sorry. <laughs> Live show. <laughs> so I had Chris, because my clients, 
I adore, who are now my friends. They've been, a lot of them on the show, just totally blowing my mind with the things they go off and do. Again, like Savannah just got back from Europe. She's been on the show. She's a musician. This time she brought her her sisters. Uh, but Chrissy, she was on two weeks ago. She traveled the world. Now she's house-sitting so she can save money and go do that again. So she encouraged me to try this house-sitting. And you go to someone's house, and I'm just getting my feet wet right now. So in one week, I got 17 animals to watch. <laughs> Today's my first day without watching animals, okay? Remember the mom and me? Oh, my goodness. What did I learn from pet sitting? Okay, one, humbleness. Because you're going to be dealing with, what do you think dogs and cats do the most? They go to the bathroom. And I tell my daughter all the time, I don't do that anymore. I don't change diapers. I don't do any of that. Well, when I started house sitting, I didn't even think about it. So I spent a lot of time with dogs, cats, horses, and a turtle cleaning up. So it was crazy. Seven collies. Uh... Four Yorkies, two little dogs that they're just old. I don't know what they are, but the turtle freaked me out the most, okay? The turtle's the freakiest thing ever because it almost looks like a snake. Anyways, I, they're all alive. I did a fine job. And what did I learn from pet sitting? The word humble, okay? All jobs are important. Everybody out there has a job. Uh, some people are picking up garbage. Some people are waiting on tables. Some people are sitting at a desk, you know, typing at their computer, most people have jobs that are necessary, most people, and they should be valued for that. That's the most humble and valued. And be doing your job with, with, with um, joy. Somehow find joy in what you do. And so as I'm taking care of animals and doing things I really didn't want to do because I didn't think about that part, I got to know these animals. And I really realized that this little week or so of doing this tuned me up in ways I never thought. So I'm, the benefits of house-sitting or taking care of animals. Uh, one, I, I was in a different environment. I changed my cage. So as I'm walking around someone's house, I had to learn to, um, it's almost like you're more vigilant. You have to know where you put your stuff or where do you put your stuff. Where's the animals? Make sure you don't step on them. So I was more vigilant. So if I was in my same house doing my same thing, my brain is a little bit numb. Because we're so used to doing the same old, same old. So what I thought after a couple days is like, this is really good for my brain. To go somewhere else and move around and, and do my normal tasks, but have to think about it. Not to be so, I say dummy down, but that's sometimes when you do the same thing over and over again, that's what you feel. You feel dummy down and numb. So that was one of the, the benefits. Um, where's my stuff? I thought that was funny. Like, where's my stuff? Where did I put this? Where did I put that? And what I realized, because in the last two months I haven't really been home, is that when you live out of a suitcase, you have less stuff. So the less stuff you have, the less, uh, the song that we start the show with is uh, Legacy of Green, the gold that weighs you down, the stuff that weighs you down becomes part of your energy. It actually compresses you. So when you drive up, again, if it's someone else's house, you're not thinking about the gutters or the lawn or any of that stuff. I'm just thinking about two dogs. I want to make sure they're fed and a turtle that's happy as a clam. (laughs) So it was really, um, it's been nice for the last two months to have less stuff. And I end up wearing the same clothes, three different shirts, a couple pairs of pants. You don't need a walk-in closet when you're pet sitting or house sitting or traveling, really. Uh, The vigilant part and more creative because now I'm 
in someone else's space. You know, I, where am I going to sleep? I, I slept upside down because I didn't like the way things were. It's just kind of not upside down, but my head was at the base of the bed because it felt better and I could see out the window. I don't know, but it was like I was being more creative. Again, not being in the same place, doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, developed empathy. I literally had to pay attention to animals I didn't know. And I, I believe that in the last week or so, my heart is reopened. Uh, I feel more compassionate. You have to be sensitive. I have seven collies. Okay, seven collies. I now know them. They were strangers, dogs. And now I know their personalities. They're just, in fact, I, I feel it right now. My heart is wide open because I got to work with animals this week. So that, that was a huge benefit. And you have to have empathy because you don't know. They all eat at different times. They all want certain things. Once one, Two were pregnant. Uh, it's, it was just a really amazing experience to be with animals I did not know in somebody else's house. Uh, the horses, I didn't really get to know them, but I did feed them. <laughs> but uh, I thought, what a great um, gift that I got this week by doing that. Uh, I also used to go into people's home and do Reiki and Feng Shui. And when I left, the house felt different. So I could tell over the time that I spent in the home, the energy of the house was different. The animals were a little bit more vibrant because I'm new. I'm new energy. It was good for them. I also practice Reiki on the turtle. That sounds weird. But when you bring someone else in and they do something different, the energy shifts. So uh, I've also uh, witnessed this with hospice. Uh, sometimes somebody's passing away. They bring hospice into the house and that person gets better. I've, I've, I've heard stories of that over and over again with uh, a couple friends and family members because the person taking care of the person that's ill is running out of energy. And when you run out of energy, there's not a lot of energy to give. So the other person's drained, you're drained. Now the house feels drained. Uh, and I really witnessed this when my uh, Reiki master, my first Reiki teacher, uh, had cancer. And I went to all of his chemo treatments. And I would sit next to him. In fact, I developed all the playful things I do, all the tools I use right now, while he was in chemo, and we were painting, and we were uh, visualizing, and we were doing all these fun things. In fact, the nurses would come to where he was at because he, they could sense <laughs> it was a lot better than the person next to him, you know, who the wife looked drained, the husband looked drained. It almost looked as if the man who was being uh, given the chemo, if he would come in by himself, he might have had better energy because she looked just as ill as he did. So having somebody come into the house with a different energy or just the knowledge of energy can definitely change. And I thought, what a cool experiment to see if I could, you know, maybe some kids or teenagers are having some issues at home and maybe the parents aren't talking and the kids aren't talking. And then I become a guest in their home. This is kind of what I'm throwing out there. And I go there for a week and, and see if we could do some counseling, if we could get the, the kids full of energy, the parents full of energy. And just see if that works. I'm sure it does. And I'm sure there's somebody out there that does that. But I just thought that was so amazing to see uh, the house actually feel different after I left. So that was pretty exciting. Um, I also think that when you do the, this is another thing that's going on with a lot of people. I give chakra prescriptions. When you do the same job over and over again, you know, you do get burned out. So I always give a prescription. What did you used to do as a kid? What did you love as a child? Um, for me, I love to dance and ride my bike and go swimming. Now I really enjoy being with animals. Uh, but find that one thing. Because if you are going, let's say, to music lessons after work, 
or you're going to the gym before work, or at lunch you're picking up your favorite book and you're learning something. If you can do that, it will take better energy to your desk, to your place of employment, and then it'll shift. And I've seen this with my friend Deidre, who's been on the show multiple times. She changed her energy at work, and she changed the people that came over and talked to her. She changed, eventually, her job. She changed the way she did her work, which was like energy work. She pushed a white light around her desk. She only engaged with people that were positive, and it seemed to her that the people that were negative and used to come and gossip a lot just walked past her desk if she did this little energy work before she started. And it started with the Reiki 1 class and Reiki 2. Learning about energy. Your energy, protect your energy. And again, do something you love to do. Hopefully you can do it every day. Find that one thing that's your hobby or your passion and put your, your heart and soul into it and you will shift. And like Deidre, she moved. She t- got a whole different job, got paid twice as much, and she really enjoyed that job. But she didn't have to, uh, how, no one had to get fired to change. She literally changed and then her energy moved out. So it's called a multiverse. And I'm so guilty right now. Um, About four weeks ago, I started getting into the uh, Trump thing, and I started getting into the politics. I started getting really angry at the growlers flying overhead at my house in Camino. And I found myself with low spirits, literally feeling depressed. It started getting darker. It was raining. And I knew I had to do something different. So in the last two weeks, I moved out of my house. And I went through my stuff, which was really painful. Again, I have less stuff than I've ever had, but your memories are always there with you. And so I even got down to less stuff. And so to do this whole on the road for a while, to lift my spirits, I've got to try something new. And being in a nine-year, it's about saying goodbye. And I feel after January, by doing things different, by literally mixing up my life and shaking it again, like I did 10 years ago, other things will start to pop up. But if I continue to do the same old, same old every day, all the time, same people, same places, same food, I'm not going to get any of the joy or, 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 or juices of, of the world because I'm, my energy sucks. I mean, that's why, you know, I love doing the Reiki classes. I love teaching. I love doing, like I'm doing chakra work this Sunday with a group of women. It lifts my spirit. So getting out, taking a class, learning something new. Uh, meeting a new friend. There's so many things we can do, but we have to do things differently. And if you really dislike your house or you really dislike the person you're living with or you really dislike and you can feel it, it's in the gut of your stomach driving up to work, you've got to set your intentions for change. Something positive. You can even say something, have something positive come into my life. It could be a new job. It could be a new friend. It could be a new activity that'll lift your spirits. Uh, so I really feel this whole shifting and 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 moving and and trying new things I already feel better I feel much better than I did two years two two weeks ago it was about two weeks ago and I am going to focus on what's working in my life that's your third eye because right now I could turn on Facebook or the news or even the radio and I could hear all kinds of things that are going to make me sad and depressed so what I got to do and this is what I, I learned at a city ranch I just I love that place. The people that were working there, they were so amazing. It's like we're in a fear-based world. It's, it's full of drama, and it's creating division. So basically, 
what we're seeing might not even be real anyways. You know, I'm, I'm thinking half of the stuff that we're seeing is a smoke screen. It keeps us confused. It keeps us fearful. It keeps us in our houses. We're very controlled. So what we really need to do is spend more time alone. Nature makes more sense to be in nature anyways. Uh, meditating, which is just still being still for a little bit so you can get your higher, uh, higher voice back in. Um, and go and find yourself. Who are you? What do you love to do? What are you passionate about? Um, and there's that one thing that you can't buy that is so priceless, peace of mind. And if you can go to bed with that, you're going to be healthier. And health right now is more important than any amount of money. So if we can stop, and I say get off the treadmill, long enough, spend some time alone in nature, which is the most, like right now, it's, it's gorgeous. The trees are changing. The mushrooms are coming up. Different animals and birds are coming through. Because you're going to start focusing on the beauty. And then you're going to get that clear voice, that inner voice. I call your small, still voice. It's going to tell you today's the day. Make the phone call. Uh, sometimes it says quit that job. Sometimes it says get out of your place. And you know when you have synchronicity. So synchronicity is when things just like it's, you can't make this stuff up. So you know that God's spirit is dropping little uh, breadcrumbs your way. You also know when you're going the wrong direction because doors shut and you have no idea why that's happening. But that's the universe giving you a U-turn. It's trying to help you go where you're going to find the most joy, the most love, and, the most, and find passion again. So doing something different is so important. And I really want to say being of service to others. And that means volunteering. Uh, I think what happens is we get into our own stuff. We sit in it for way too long. Kind of reminds me of the dogs if you don't go change their, their, their cages. <laughs> you know, if you don't get out and do something different, you're basically sitting in your own stuff. So right now, being of service, go volunteer. And that's where I got to figure out. I think it's the Orca Network is really where I want to be. That's on Whidbey, Whidbey Island Orca Network, Langley Well Center. But find that one thing that you're, you're passionate about. Spend an hour, maybe even a month, and you, your life will change. And I know when I volunteer, I meet people, like-minded people. Then I make more friends. Then I have more job opportunities, too. I think most of the jobs I've gotten have been through people I know and doing things I love. Uh, getting out, get out of your house. Oh, gosh. Here we go. We're not even into winter yet. We're not even close to winter. And I already feel like hibernating. And I live on a beautiful island where I can go hiking and biking. So if I'm having a hard time getting out, I can imagine what it's like to live in a, uh, you know, maybe a high rise and you know, don't have uh, woods right there by your front door. But really at this point, you know, find that hobby, find that thing you used to do as a kid, take a class, again, meet a new friend. Don't, I don't like to use the word don't. Look for new human beings to do new things with. Um, it could be joining a church. It could be writing a book. I, just please get out there and do something. Um, right now, I think we're going into the end. So if you look at the seasons, this is like almost, we're almost in a nine for the year. This is when we start getting rid of stuff. This is when we start letting go of things. That's when the fruit falls off the tree. And now we're walking by and seeing these apples starting to rot. It's really important to let go of things that no longer serve you, especially before the first of the year, and especially for me. So it goes one through nine. One is new beginnings. Nine is endings. Uh, it's numerology. I really enjoy it. Um, but if you are in the middle of something, let's say, I always say July or August, those are the months where you look at what you have, you focus on the good things. If you have uh, 
petunias. I use this as a, a good example. And you go on vacation in August, you don't water them, they die. So what you want to do is focus on the things that are working. Make sure you fertilize the people in your life that are really, really working and let go of the people that no longer serve you. And you can do that through, I call it, put yourself on a diet of cool people. Uh, if the phone rings and you see someone's name on your phone and your stomach hurts, don't pick it up. If you get an email and you don't want to open it, don't open it. Facebook Messenger, any of those things, texting. If you get something and your energy drops below your heart, don't call them back right away. Maybe they'll call you back again. You know, you can text them or whatever. But start weaning yourself off of those people that are like the vampires. They're the, the people that demand more from you. They take, they expect, and I, I'm starting to call them entitled. Entitled. They're, they feel entitled. And, and what you have to remember, if you have that nurturing, loving heart and quality, people are going to want a piece of that, especially now when people are running on empty. Everybody wants a piece of that. <laughs> and I can compare it to a new puppy or a baby. Everybody wants to hold them because they have that beautiful energy about them. Uh, I almost see babies as being pink. It's just this beautiful feeling of love when you hold them. Now, like the person when they're going to get their chemo, they're out of energy. So not saying that you give up on someone that's ill. Of course not. But you really need to take care of your own energy, too. So putting yourself on a diet of cool people just means if the phone rings and it doesn't feel good, let it go. And then if you have to go see them, spend some time with them. Over the years, I've learned that I don't spend time with some family members. I just don't have anything in common. I literally, in my mind, say, bite your tongue. I, I'm always saying, bite your tongue, Dina, because nothing I have to say is of value to them. So after I put myself on a diet and I'm not around those people anymore, I attracted more people that know me, who love me for who I am and value me. And you'll always be tested. I mean, you go to work. It's a little bit harder because you have a boss, you know, maybe you don't get along. But in the end, try what Deidre did. Go to your place of employment. Maybe you put something on there that reminds you to stay positive, which I have all over my house. Um, but also try the energy work. Make a pink light around you. Light a candle before you go to work in the morning and pray to God. Say, dear God, help, help me have an amazing day at work today. But set the intention for change and then watch what happens. And you'll know because it'll be odd it, that those synchronicities start happening maybe you're offered another job and that's another thing if the universe starts giving you what you want you're going to have to do something different and it's going to make you feel um, like giving up my place a couple weeks ago was really weird it was like letting go letting go but I know I'm supposed to because I can feel the synchronicities I can sense it's time for me to move on and if you don't move on you're going to find yourself in a rut then you have res resentment I guess but I know when my small, still voice tells me to do something, it's usually scary. And that's how I got to Kauai 10 years ago or seven years ago, actually. But I made decisions to be happier, healthier, um, and to have less stuff. I think ultimately that was really what I wanted was to not, there's that word not, is to do something different. Because I do readings with people from all over the place. And the main thing is they're unhappy. They have jobs that they hate. And, and they, they'll say, I hate my job. It's killing me, you know. And that's what I used to say years back. And my, my kids are like, Mom, you know better. Don't say that. But it literally was. So I had to downsize because then you have more freedom. If you have less stuff, just like when I was packing my suitcase, I, didn't, I don't need all that stuff, right? I'm going to stay there for 10 days. I don't need 
five pairs of pants and 10, 10 shoes. I don't need any of that stuff, really. So downsizing, getting yourself to a point, and I was just listening to something in the car today about that, how, you know, it's never enough money because you'll always spend up to what you make. So really be conscious about less is more, pay off a car or get a used car or be like me and just not have a car for a year and take the bus. Uh, Really, I think we've gotten way too far with the stuff. So the stuff that weighs us down, the gold that that weighs us down, put yourself on a diet of less stuff cool people and set your intentions. I can guarantee your, your world's going to change. But again, you have more freedom if you don't have three car payments, a house with four bedrooms, you know, two not being used. And I'm not preaching. I'm just saying, if you want to live happier and healthier, you have less stuff. And that means maybe you don't go on Amazon at lunchtime and buy stuff. <laughs> maybe you don't even go by Target, you know. It just becomes another addiction, another habit. And if you look around your house, when I do feng shui, I have people pick stuff up. Okay, I'm going to pick something up in the studio. Benny, what does this mean to you? In general? Yeah. Well, it's almost empty. I need to fill it up. That's first of all. What oh, is- never mind. It's not. You turned it to what I thought, is I thought it? it was. Oh, it's a pen holder. Basically, it's a cup with a whole bunch of pens and stuff in for our clients. And it says Seattle. That too. Do you have an attachment to this? I do not. I know. If we got rid of this right now. I mean, I do for the studio, yes, yeah. but not for me personally, no. I think it's something we could get rid of. Not at the studio. We right. Need hey, that's it. what I'm okay. <laughs> but right. if we were at your house. <gasps> Don't do that. If we were at your house, you could go around your house and you pick something up. And this woman goes, I have no idea where that came from. I don't know why it's here. It's sitting right next to her computer every day. And it has no memories. It's just, it was plastic. It was junk. I think it was McDonald Land Mill something. Something. Yeah. But, you know, look at your life. And the less stuff you have, your brain feels better. Mm-hmm. How about, you know what? When you have less clothes, Einstein used to do that. Wear the same clothes every day. Why? It's good on your brain. I'm not kidding. When I used to have a full closet with walk-in like this and that and shoes, it'd take me hours to get dressed. Now I'm like, hmm. What's wrong with having a lot of shoes? Uh, a lot of shoes? A shoe fetish. No, I just kidding. I like shoes. <laughs> My son loves shoes. It's just- we like shoes. Yes, this is something. Then I think maybe you were royalty in a past life. Possible. Capricorn? Yeah. You had money. You're way up there. I need to get some, like, you were the banker. royalty music. <laughs> <laughs> You're the guy that was good with the money behind the scenes, and you knew what was going on. Hey, right? and that's who you are now. <laughs> I tried. How crazy. Mm-hmm. But in the end, <laughs> what I found, I'm 50-something now. Gosh, 55. I literally know the less stuff I have, the happier I am, and I also really believe in the work I do, setting your intentions, focusing on what's working in the world listening to your inner voice, your intuition, and then using it. Like if your voice tells you to do something, do it. Put your heart into it. Put your action to work, which is, like I always say, get on the dance floor. If the voice tells me to pack up and shut my house down, it was so weird because as I was doing it, weird things were happening to say, good job, Dina, good job. You've got to do this. And it wasn't fun. It was kind of painful to watch. But in the end, I knew for a fact what I was doing was the right thing. And just being in somebody else's houses and being with their animals was a prescription. It literally reignited my heart. It opened my heart because when you're watching negative stuff all day long, first thing you do is hit your, your third eye, which is your forehead, and go, oh, no, that's not happening. And the next thing you're going to do is probably close your heart because it's so painful to watch. And there are so many things right now that we could be involved in. Pick one of them. Just pick one thing that you think is of value to you and volunteer and, and, and do something about it. That's your power chakra. And then your sacral chakra, 
the one in your waist, is when you rea- uh, uh, work with other human beings. When you literally get out, which is volunteering again, do something with other human beings. And I love Reiki. There's something so much amazing about teaching it and having people walk away with um, the, the, the knowledge of things you can't see, the things you feel. And when you work with other people at that level, it's amazing. So energy work also. But the physical body, you better take care of it because it's really more important than money right now. So, if again, if you're sitting at your job and as you walk in and your stomach is just not feeling good every time you're there. My mom used to work for an insurance agency and she had all these, like, drugs in the uh, drawer. I said, what are those for? Like, oh, because everyone's got diarrhea or they're constantly. <laughs> she had, like, all these meds for people that walked in and felt sick while they were at work and was doing insurance for medical insurance. So, Again, I'm not saying that you might love your job. Whatever it is, keep doing it if you enjoy it. If you don't, ask the universe for a, a light, a breadcrumb, and move towards that, and you'll you'll be just like Deidre one day working at a job where you make too much money and you don't know what to do with yourself. <laughs> so, anyways, that's my message for today. I just blah, 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 Benny. Not really. I thought it was a really good sum, uh, summarization of uh, your, your journey, your spiritual awareness, oh. and uh, what you're all about, how you got your start. I mean, really. And astrology look at your chart because if you have certain planets in certain signs Mm -hmm. you are going to be a certain person i really don't want to be the mom but this lifetime that's who i am sometimes you have to i can't help Mm -hmm. it it's in my chart (laughs) it's in the stars (laughs) but uh we're gonna end the show with our song uh legacy of green uh if you want to listen to the words you can go to dina-marie.com and you can purchase that album or you can listen um for free but i i really enjoyed making the song and it was van connor and his daughter violet connor we made this in one night instead of watching television all right join us next week for more people places and activities that will lift your spirits Sing me.